Welcome to The Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. Hello and welcome to another episode of LRN's Principled Podcast. My name is Ben DiPietro. I'm the editor of LRN's ENC Pulse newsletter, and I hope you can find that and subscribe to it. With me today for what I know will be an insightful conversation is Michael Blackshear, Senior Vice President and Global Chief Compliance Officer for Ryan Specialty Group, an international specialty insurance organization with operations in North America, the UK, and Europe. Welcome, Michael. Uh, glad to have you with us today. Ben, thank you for having me today. Tell our listeners a little bit about your career path, how you came to lead compliance at Ryan Specialty, and what sparked your interest in the ENC field. I've been in the insurance industry for over 29 years and have been focused on ethics, compliance, and risk management for over 20 years. What sparked my interest in ethics and compliance has been a passion to solve complicated problems, create innovative solutions, and facilitate meaningful dialogue as part of this process. Just a little background on me, as you indicated, I, I serve as the Senior Vice President and Global Chief Compliance Officer for Ryan Specialty Group. As you mentioned, I have responsibilities for maintaining and growing an effective compliance and regulatory framework. Prior to joining RSG, I served as the North America Chief Compliance Officer for Chubb Insurance Group with responsibilities for developing and maintaining the North American Compliance Program. I was primarily responsible for the North American Compliance Framework integration and transformation during the ACE-Chubb merger. Before Chubb, I held various leadership roles with Marsh McLennan companies focusing on compliance and government affairs. Before joining Marsh, I held compliance and risk management-oriented advisory roles for both KPMG and PricewaterhouseCoopers. I began my insurance career as an underwriter for Continental Insurance Company and then as a casualty broker with Alexander and Alexander Insurance Brokers Firm. I obtained my Juris Doctorate from Fordham Law School. MBA from St. John's University, Maurice Greenberg School of Risk Management, Insurance, and Actual Science, and my Bachelor's of Science and Finance from Syracuse University. I also received a certification in managing ethics and organization from Bentley College. I presently lecture as an adjunct professor at Fordham Law School, providing an introductory course in the rapidly growing field of global corporate compliance. Ben, I like the creativity and daily challenge of being a risk and compliance officer. I solve problems. The role of the compliance officer has evolved in these last 20 years in that today's modern compliance officer serve as a business partner to help grow and protect the organization, a marketer for the function to emphasize the importance of doing the right thing, an influencer since compliance resources are very thin and a great deal of work involves working with other functions to operationalize regulatory and legal requirements within the fabric of the company, and last, as a behavioral psychologist. In this role, you have to understand and respond to the thought processes, perceptions, emotions, and behaviors of people and guide them in the right direction. This is not always easy. People are an organization's greatest assets, but most importantly, people are an organization's greatest risk. Ben, my vision for this area and where an organization has clearly achieved a certain level of efficiency in managing regulatory compliance and ethical risk is when an organization has created a governance, risk management, and compliance approach across the enterprise. 
Some refer to this as GRC. And now GRC is defined as an integrated collection of capabilities that enables an organization to reliably achieve objectives, address uncertainty, and act with integrity. GRC is a discipline that breaks down internal barriers to synchronize information activity across governance and compliance in order to operate more efficiently, but also enabling effective information sharing more efficient to report activities, but more importantly, to avoid wasteful overlaps. Now, in my last 20, 25 years, I've seen some organizations implement effective GRC platforms. However, most organizations have isolated and siloed both compliance risk management functions that at times create resource overlaps, additional expenses, and ineffective implementations of needed controls and safeguards. It's interesting, Ben. I would say 20, 25 years when I got into the compliance ethics and risk management arena, I didn't expect to have a career and a function that is continuously growing and opportunities are also growing in this area. The world is still riveted and reacting to COVID-19. How is it impacting insurance business? What are some of the risks that are being exacerbated by the pandemic? And how will this change the way policies are written next year and then beyond that? Individual and businesses are experiencing sizable disruptions to their everyday lives and operations. The economic impact to consumers and businesses around the globe is considerable. Facts are changing rapidly, and this disruption will continue to cause significant financial hardship for individuals and family, especially workers who cannot work remotely or do not have access to paid leave. As the outbreak continues to spread, a growing number of companies have started to warn markets about the adverse impact of COVID-19 in their financial conditions. Companies in certain sectors are playing off employees and taking other drastic actions in response to the crisis, which is likely to cause stress on local communities and consumers. The disruption in the operation of small businesses caused by the outbreak can make it difficult for these businesses to comply with financial and other covenants in their debt financing documents, possibly triggering other adverse consequences. Then this financial impact will have a direct impact on organizations, businesses, and individuals' ability to make timely payments on policies, which will have a direct impact to the insurance industry. Now, as a risk and compliance officer, when I look And what I'm concerned about in terms of the following risk for 2020 and 2021 would be disruptive social movements that are currently happening today, cyber-enabled financial crimes that I'm seeing becoming much more sophisticated, sanctions, COVID-19 restrictions and requirements, data privacy and cybersecurity, and then the evolving landscape of our global, federal, and state enhanced regulations based upon what's happening with COVID-19 and the current social unrest. So uh, how are ethics and compliance teams being tested then during this time? And what are a couple of tips you can share that you've picked up these last few months that have helped you navigate this changing landscape? We're being tested because now our environment is mostly remote. The business that we support is remote. And we have to find creative ways to engage our people, our regulators, and our communities and our industry. And so it's challenging, and it takes a lot of balancing of understanding some of those challenges. One of the things, and I think some of the recommendations I would give to others that are in this space, is to be able to find creative ways of engaging, interacting with the people that you support and learn what they're doing and trying to find ways to create things that we you've not done in the past. One of the things that I constantly do is that I highly employ Zoom more than just for the audio conference piece, but the video, 
because that's how you connect and touch with people. You've got to understand how, what people are going through to understand the potential risk that's impacting the organization and to be nimble and to be flexible and to not, not to be stressed during this period of time, because I think that's something that I think we're all going through right now. Beyond COVID, then, the world is uh, having a moment solidifying around the need for racial justice and equality and reacting to the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and now the shooting of Jacob Blake. And it seems many businesses are reacting with talk and some with action. What are your thoughts about what is happening and what role business can play in helping to bring about police reforms and better relations with communities? I would like to direct everything that's happening, particularly with George Floyd's death, to the impact of African-Americans in the U.S. and the failure of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in the insurance industry. A little background. Africans were brought to America, resulting in the transatlantic slave trade in chains in 1619, an enslavement that lasted for over 246 years. After the Civil War, African-Americans were briefly free during the Reconstruction period, which ended after only a dozen years. After the Compromise of 1877, African-Americans were plunged into a legal apartheid, which was the reality of Jim Crow for African-Americans that lasted for almost another 88 years. Using the passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 as the official end of Jim Crow, that's 246 years of slavery plus 88 years of legal apartheid. Now, Ben, this history has a direct impact on how our nation is struggling with incorporating diversity, equity, inclusion programs in our industry. The insurance industry has not had a great reputation for being a destination employer for diverse talent. However, there are a few outliers that are very visible and branded. There are strong, compelling ethical and business reasons why it is important for the insurance industry to value and act upon creating a much more diverse and inclusive industry. In our highly competitive market, Lack of such diversity will impact innovation, creativity, growth, and product and service development. We cannot afford post-COVID-19 to decelerate innovation in this very highly competitive and hard market. Improving the path of people of color in the insurance industry will be dependent on employers, employees, and our industry collectively taking creative, unique, innovative approaches that are risky, but also unorthodox. We need to do something different since the techniques of the past have not been effective. Our industry has been built on taking calculated risks. So should our solutions on fully integrating people of color into the fabric of our industry. Let's take this from your professional standpoint to a more personal one. You're a black man. You're also the son of a police officer who became a judge. You have a very unique perspective here that I think people would be interested in hearing as you experience what's happening now and how you process that compared to the things you've experienced in your life and your own racism experiences. And if you could share some of that and some of what you've been going through and how you're kind of just trying to make sense of what's going on right now. And thank you for asking me this question. I would like to share a little bit about my father. My father, the Honorable Cornelius Blackshaw, was born in 1939 in Sanford, Florida during the Jim Crow South. He moved to New York City after high school and enlisted in the Navy in 1959. Upon receiving his honorable discharge from the Navy, he became a member of the New York City Police Department. While with the New York City Police Department, he attended John Jay College of Criminal Justice and graduated cum laude in 1971 and attended Fordham Law School while doing all this at night. In spite of the concurrent educational demands on his time, 
He was constantly promoted and given responsibility in sophisticated positions in the New York City Police Department. In 1979, two years after graduation from law school, after 16 years of remarkable service with the New York City Police Department, my father was appointed as assistant U.S. trustee for the Southern District of New York. Four years later, in 1983, he became the first African-American to be appointed as a U.S. trustee. The capstone of my father's career came with his appointment as a U.S. bankruptcy judge for the Southern District of New York on November 25th, 1985. Ben, racial identity for my father did not disappear beneath his police uniform or judicial robes. When my father took off his uniform or his robes, he was still treated as an African-American man in public within our society. This experience which was instilled in me and my four other brothers was to have grit, resilience, and determination. And I can't change the color of my skin, nor would I want to. Black is beautiful. What I can do is manage my own emotional intelligence and how such behavior, discrimination, and racism impact my ability to grow, become successful, effectuate change, and to pay it forward to others. Ben, I'm hoping that we can all change and evolve as a society, but to quote Mary Bethune, if we accept and acquiesce in the face of discrimination and racism, we accept the responsibility ourselves and allow those responsible to ease their conscience by believing that they have our acceptance and concurrence. Last quote, Martin Luther King, history will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. We must learn to live together as brothers and sisters or perish together as fools. I appreciate your time and want to thank you for uh, sharing some of that with us. And know it means a lot to talk about your dad that way. Ben, I appreciate the time and thank you for giving me the, the ability to share with you who I am, my journey, and hopefully if my words can impact and encourage and inspire another, I'm excited about that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.